I believe in the power of sharing. And when I say sharing, I don't mean like, yeah, I'll share a cookie with you. Though I would. If if we were at the Casey's General Store and there was one of those delicious caramel chocolate chip cookies, I would share it with you. Now, if it was Casey's Pizza, I don't know if I would share it with you. But here's the thing. Sharing, I believe, has the power to change schools, students, and staff. And sharing might not be what you think it is. In fact, I think there are three very specific categories of sharing that we have to do way more of. I think when we share in these three categories, it has the power to revolutionize education as we know it. I love sharing these moments with you. I love sharing the This Teacher Life podcast each week. I love sharing on social media. But again, that's not the type of sharing I'm talking about. I can't wait to share this idea with you. I am confident that it could be exactly the thing that you need at this stage in your teacher life and at this stage in the school year. I'm super excited. Let's get into this episode. There is awesome in every single school day. So here is the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education, celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question, and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta, and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. start by making a pretty bold statement and I wonder if you are going to agree or disagree. I believe that teaching has started to become dehumanized. What I mean by that is I feel like teaching has almost become a little bit robotic. We are given the expectations that we are required to do. Our school board gives us those expectations or our state or the government does, and and we are just asked to do it. We are asked to perform. And sometimes it feels like we're not able to be very creative. Sometimes it feels like our hands are tied. And so we sometimes forget about the fact that like, hey, we chose this profession for a purpose. We've got really cool things that we can bring to the table. And we all have a unique story on why we even joined this profession in the first place. And that's actually where I want to start. I think something that we can do to positively change schools is to share our story more often. 
There is a very specific reason why you joined this profession. There is a very specific reason why you decided to teach the grade level or the subject area or the school district that you're in. There are reasons for all of those choices. And my question is, do you share that with your students? Do you share that with your staff? Do you share that with the internet on social media? Because I think in order for education to kind of get back on the upswing and for us to be more respected and for us to be better teammates, we got to connect. We've got to know people's hearts and heads. So that's where I want to start. I think one of the three areas that we need to utilize more often is to share our story. So let me share my story. Because this is a question that I get asked often, like Monica Like, how did you get to this point in your teacher career? And I can't tell you how I got here with a podcast and books and, you know, speaking in schools. I I can't tell you how I got there unless I actually share the full story. I knew from a very, very, very young age that I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that. There was no other career that I considered. So that's part of my story. I also knew that I loved middle school. When you ask me, hey, what was your favorite section of time? I always loved being in school. I loved being a student. But I feel like I hit my prime in middle school. And while a lot of people say middle school is terrible, I hated middle school. I was awkward. It was hard. I'm like, oh, man, seventh and eighth grade were my jam. So... From somebody who knew they wanted to be a teacher, middle school felt like an obvious place. I also found myself pretty good at science. It's not that I loved it a lot. It wasn't that was my favorite class, but I found myself very analytical and also very experimental. Like I could organize data and I liked numbers. And so that's kind of how I ended up being a science teacher. And I taught science in my hometown For the first 10 years of my career, it was my dream job. That is exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach middle school science at Mattoon Middle School, which is where I was born and raised. And that was such a unique, cool experience to teach where you learned. I taught in a classroom that I was once a student. Like, that's wild. And I know a lot of you teach in small rural schools and, and you can connect to that. And I know some of you are like, I can't even imagine. But that is definitely part of my story. But in the middle of that 10-year journey, teaching at Mattoon Middle School, which was where I attended, I started just keeping a journal of ideas that I had. Things that were working in my classroom and things that I was really enjoying teaching and and strategies that I was enjoying reaching with students. And so I started making this list and I was like, oh, this, this would be really fun to put into like a book format. I had a bucket list item. Part of my story is I love goals and I love setting goals. And I had this bucket list item of like, it would be really cool to write a book. I literally didn't care if anybody read it. I just wanted to like bind all of my ideas into a book and I wanted to create a cover because I'm, you know, I'm into like graphic design and that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So in 2015, I 
released my first book. When I say released, I'm using that very, very loosely. Like to this day, you can't find my books on Amazon. Like it's it's wild because at this point, like literally thousands of books, I think I'm actually close to a, a half a million copies across all of my books have been sold and none of them are on Amazon. They're all direct to consumer from my website. So for those of you who are like, how do you get on Amazon? I don't know. I've never done that. It's not part of my story. It's not part of my journey. Because if we go back to my story, I didn't care if people read the book. I just wanted to accomplish that. In 2015, I released the book Game Changers. It was never to, you know, be on a New York Times bestsellers list. It was just something that I wanted to do. I had no idea that my story was going to take a dramatic twist when I started to hate the profession a lot. In 2015, I released this book and just two short years later, I was questioning everything. Like, did I even want to be a part of this? My year seven was really, really, really hard. And I'm like, I think I'm probably going to quit. And so my mindset had shifted and I was freaking out and I was questioning like, oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And some of you know the full story on how my second book, 180 Days of Awesome, got written. That was an accidental book. I wasn't writing a book. I was keeping a journal. A journal of little awesome moments that were happening in my classroom to get me refocused on all of the things and all of the reasons why I joined this profession in the first place. It was a journal just for me. Nobody else was supposed to read that. And then in 2018, that journal ended up getting released and crazy things happened. I ended up giving a TED Talk on the power of relationships in schools. I ended up traveling internationally and consulting in schools. And it was this wild part of my story that I never predicted I would be able to say was part of the story. People are like, Monica, is this what you always wanted? My life right now as a teacher, is this what I always wanted? I always wanted to be a classroom teacher and I still am because that's also part of my story. Part of my story is... It's this balance of producing a podcast and writing books and developing curriculum and owning a consulting business and traveling and speaking and TED talking while teaching. Because to this day, I am a classroom teacher, not in Mattoon Middle School anymore. Now I do a 20-minute commute to a very rural school district, really small in my school building, which is both middle school and high school, there are approximately like 150-ish students. It's wild and there's no stoplights and all there is is a Casey's General store and it's awesome. And that's my teacher story. That's my teacher journey. I want to share that story with you because I'm sure you probably heard the emotional ups and downs from being like, I knew I want to be a teacher. And yes, I scored my dream job. And cool, I wrote a book to what? I hate this job. Oh my God, I want to quit to wow, I'm getting pulled in a lot of different directions to Monica. Why don't you just speak full time to me being like, no, I want to be a teacher. I love this to whoa, I'm going to change school districts. And whoa, it's really different than the previous school district that I taught at. 
If you feel like you're on a roller coaster and you sometimes feel alone, teacher friend, I am strapped in there with you and I'm clinching that handlebar, that safety rail because I never know where the next twist or where the next turn is going to come. But that's my story. Can you relate? Can you feel some of those feelings? Do you have some of those same emotions? That's how we change education. We share with each other so we feel the feelings and we ride the ride together. Now, there are two other areas that I want to talk about. And the next one is harder. Our stories are often unexpected, but what's even more unexpected are our struggles. And I think that we have to share our struggles more often. But what I want to talk about in this episode is how we share them. Because I think people are really good at sharing struggles or really bad at sharing struggles. We all know those people in our lives who we have no clue what they're going through because they don't talk about it. And they've got a smile, sometimes fake smile on their face. And they just kind of hole up and don't communicate. They're struggling, but we can't help them because we don't know about that struggle. That exists. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, dang, she just called me out. I want you to know that I'm not calling you out. Like that is a very real coping mechanism is to say, I'm not going to share my struggle because it feels like complaining. Do you know why? That feels like complaining because on the other end of the spectrum, there are people in this world who share everything, every detail, and sometimes inappropriate ways, especially on social media. You'll see these posts that are a lot and sometimes it feels juicy and there's gossip and there's drama and it feels like... I shouldn't be reading this because this is an overshare. But then what do we do? We actually click that share button on Facebook or we screenshot it and we send it to a teacher friend or a family member. Those are the two opposite ends of sharing struggles. When we share, we've got to meet in the middle and say, here's what's happening. Here's why it's happening. And here's what I'm going to do to fix it. So guess what? This is a perfect example for me to open my mouth and be honest about something that I'm struggling with. Something that, you know, I I haven't really talked about much, but not overshare, not get negative, not get nasty, not get dramatic. I'm just going to be real with you because sharing struggles can change school staff and students for the better. And I know some of you are struggling in this area. So I told you that I taught in Mattoon, my alma mater, if you will, for the first 10 years of my career. And the last four years, the most recent four years, I have been in a smaller school district. Well, in those past four years, I have been in two different classrooms. I have taught three different subject areas. I have taught six or seven different grade levels. I've literally lost count. I have had two different principals. I have mentored four different teachers. There has been absolutely zero consistency in my teacher life in the past four years. 
Some of those changes were by choice. Some were definitely not. Some caught me off guard and some were this beautiful gift. Some were like feeling like I was getting punched in the gut and others felt like they handed me a box with a beautiful ribbon on it. But my struggle right now is zero consistency. And I am somebody who loves routine. I love something that's predictable because that's when I can start to thrive. Some of you can relate to this. You're struggling with this too. You're like, we have new curriculum all the time. I'm constantly switching classrooms. Our principal hasn't been the same in the past few years. The school board is constantly changing things. And you're like, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with students. You're struggling in some area. I'm struggling with there's no consistency. I would like for there to be in some ways and in other ways the changes have been really good. And so sometimes it feels like I'm like talking out two sides of my mouth because I'm like this change has been awesome. I'm like but that change I didn't want that change. Or like this curriculum is awesome. This is my dream job. And then it's like oh nope we're changing that. You can't do that anymore. And I'm like whoa. This isn't me complaining. This isn't me protesting. This isn't me being dramatic and and getting negative and nasty on Facebook or something like that. This is me saying, hey, teacher friends, this is my struggle right now. Can you relate? So I'm sharing. I'm sharing appropriately. And then I'm going to share the struggle of what's my next step. Next steps are a struggle. Because here are my options. I can leave and hope to find consistency, or I can stay and hope that it irons itself out. I can leave and go to something different that could be worse than what's currently happening, or I could stay and stick it out and things get worse. But of course, things can also get better. But at this point, if I chose one of those, I would just be guessing, right? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in another school district. I don't know if I'm going to get a different job if I apply for it. I don't know. But the only way that we can lean into our struggle and learn from our struggle is to communicate appropriately with the people who are making those decisions. I can communicate with family and close friends about, hey, can you help me through this? Maybe we're drinking a glass of wine while we have that conversation. You know who else I can talk to? I can talk to my principal and I can be honest and I can sit down with my principal and say, hey, here's kind of where I'm at and here's kind of what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And guess what? I've I've had that conversation multiple times this school year and those conversations always help. So when we share, we share our story. When we share, we also can share our struggles But as we share the struggles, there's a difference between complaining and coping. Complaining is saying, and it is what it is. Coping is saying, it is what it is. And here's what I'm going to do about it. I want you to know if you're struggling right now, you are not alone. My reflective question for you is, have you talked to other people about it? And if you have, awesome, you should. Did you share in an appropriate way? And then what was your next step? Until we get really real in an appropriate way, until we get really real using proper communication, education is not going to change. Our job is not going to change. 
Because at that point, we're just guessing. Now, there's one other share that I want to share with you. And we are going to do that. And this is my favorite one. Do not miss my favorite one. You are going to end this episode on a good note if you stick around for the last one. And it's the one that I personally do most consistently because I think it's the easiest and quite frankly, the most fun to do. We'll get into the last part of share in a second. I want to share an opportunity with you right here, right now, because I wholeheartedly believe in this opportunity. In our world right now, there is so much opportunity for professional growth, but not all PD is made equal. As teachers, we're looking for real, relevant, easy to implement ideas and lessons that are going to help us crush it in the classroom. And that's exactly why during the month of April, I am launching my virtual, fun, flexible PD course called crushing it for kids. It is the perfect opportunity to get you bite-sized fun nuggets of PD in a fun, flexible environment so you can end this school year on a good note. Crushing it for kids is going to touch on topics of school culture, teacher climate, student motivation, student engagement, things like you have heard in the past few weeks episodes like catch the hot dog, and goodie bag activities. If you haven't heard those yet, you're gonna wanna check out those episodes, but more importantly, you're gonna wanna check out the Crushing It For Kids virtual course. Registration is open right now at monicagenta.com courses. I'm gonna insert a direct link in the show notes, but there is only a limited time left to sign up to go to monicagenta.com courses. Crushing It For Kids is such an engaging, great way to not only earn up to 15 hours worth of PD credit hours, but also learn from passionate teachers like you from all around the United States. Check out monicagenta.com courses so you can crush it during the last quarter of this school year. Let's talk about the final share, and that's sharing your successes. I intentionally think after we share our struggles, one of the greatest things that we can do to rebound past that hard is to also share a success. Like what is something that is going really well in your classroom right now? What is something that's going really well in your teacher life right now? Because we know human nature is to just spiral. Human nature is to just go downhill. Once we've talked about our struggles and it's like, wah, 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 which is real life, we can stay in that pit for a while if we don't zoom back up that roller coaster. So what is something that you are currently celebrating with students, currently celebrating at your school, currently celebrating as an individual staff level? Like what is something that you are crushing right now? There are things that are going well. There might be 99 problems happening in your teacher life right now, but can you identify the one thing that is going well? Because I'm confident there's at least one. There's way more than one, even though it might not feel like it. What is that for you? Because I shared my story. I shared my struggle. I'm going to share a success right now. 
This is hard to do sometimes, right? Because we feel like we are like tooting our own horn or we feel like, oh, they're so confident, also known as arrogant, right? Or like, wow, okay, way to brag on yourself. See, that's the problem in our world is sometimes it feels like people don't want to celebrate with us. But do you know who does? The people who are in our corner, the people who truly got our back want to celebrate with us. It doesn't mean that you have to brag. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, do this huge flex. It just means like, hey, this is going really well. And I just, I want to celebrate it with you. So let me talk about a celebration that's happened in in my career. And it actually came from a struggle. When I was teaching at Mattoon Middle School in those 10 years, um, I found myself good at teaching advisory. I found myself, you know, being a a decent science teacher, but being a very good SEL teacher. I loved advisory time. I loved social and emotional learning. And I found myself doing a lot of like creative things with the curriculum. Our curriculum that our school used, I'm just going to be honest, it sucked. It was terrible. The kids hated it. It was cheesy. And so I was like, all right, I think I think I can can create some like better things, some like solid supplemental things. And I just kept doing that until I'm like, oh, dang, this is amazing stuff. Kids are responding. I'm building relationships. Discipline is down. Engagement is up. And that was something that other teachers wanted to celebrate with me. They would come to me and they're like, Monica, can I have your canoe activity? Monica, can um, you tell me more about your life party activity? Monica, can you tell me more about that life song um, project that you did and they were coming to me and I was realizing like this is working and, and teachers wanted to celebrate that with me and so I'm like man I I want to I want to do more of this right like I want to I want to teach more SEL and then unfortunately our middle school went from having a 50 minute SEL class each day to like uh, 15 minutes each day it went from 50 minutes a day to 15 minutes a day to like two days a week but for 45 minutes and then it became like a glorified study hall and things were just changing at the middle school it wasn't bad it wasn't good it just it didn't fit what I was loving and so I did end up switching school districts and I found a school district that wanted SEL I found a school district that was passionate about it. It wasn't really in place at a middle school level. They were open to it and they desired it. And I taught science at that school already. And so it kind of naturally happened that now I am the middle school SEL teacher. I have multiple sections of seventh graders and I have multiple sections of eighth graders every single day, but I get to teach SEL as the SEL teacher at my middle school. And it's awesome. And I love it. And something that I want to celebrate is the fact that other schools are now seeing how important that is, especially post-pandemic. And so the opportunity to consult in schools and build an awesome advisory program to develop awesome SEL time to help elementary schools with meaningful morning meeting like that has been something that I just want to celebrate with schools and you know I said it's like it it this is starting to feel like 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 weird to me because I'm talking about the success of SEL it's hard 
to celebrate yourself. It's hard to celebrate something you're like, well, it's, I mean, but it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Like, and then we try to downplay it. You know how hard it is to be like, oh, hell yeah. My SEL shit is so good. And I really think that if every school was using it, that would revolutionize the social and emotional learning of all students across the U.S. Like, do I think that's true? I do. Is that really hard to say? Yes, it feels icky. Because as teachers, oftentimes we want to be humble. We, we don't want the spotlight because that's not why we do what we do. We do what we do not so people are clapping for us and not for students to be like, you're the best teacher ever. That's not why we do what we do. That's nice and that's cool to hear. And we all love a pat on the back, but we don't go into school each day hoping for that and expecting that. It's nice when it happens. But if we want to truly change school staff and students, sharing is about three things. It's about sharing your story, sharing your struggles, and sharing your successes. And I think they have to come in a package like that. I just walked you through a transparent, real, raw moment in this episode with my story, my struggles, and my successes. When was the last time you did that with somebody? I just did that with potentially 20,000 listeners. Like, that's, that's hard. You don't have to do that. But it is helpful if you share with somebody. If you want to share with me, if you want to drop me a DM on Instagram or TikTok or something like that, share. I, I, want, I want to connect with you. I want to hear all of that. If there's something I can do to help not just you as an individual, but your whole school in this process of SEL and climate and culture and team unification, schools are divided right now. Staffs are divided right now. And so if you just need to unify and celebrate each other and just struggle in the moment, but then also just come together and say, hell yes, we are one school. We work with our students, not your students, not my students. We work with our students because we are one staff and this is one awesome school. I would love to help in that process too. Because when we come together and share, that can be exactly what we need to change the face of education forever. I want to thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Seriously, reach out to me. Reach out to me. Let me know what you're sharing are on all three of those categories and we can connect and have a conversation until the next episode releases which is next week and you are going to quickly find a theme spoiler alert i'm forming a word i talked about a goodie bag i talked about relationships i talked about utilizing things i talked about sharing we're forming a word and some of you are like, Vanna White, I'd like to solve the puzzle. Well, we're going to wrap things up next week. And I hope you hold on for next week because it is going to be a great episode. Thank you guys for listening. Most importantly, thanks for living this teacher life. <laughs>